Hey, if you guys haven't met me yet, my name is Jacob Netherton. I'm the pastor of Connection and Discipleship here. I've been here for three months now. Uh, we were living in Florida, and uh, God called us back home, and now we're back home in Indiana. And uh, I know that uh, all of like three or four people are happy about that. So, um, and so we leave the sunshine to come uh, at the best time of the year in Indiana, do we not? So here we are, glad to be here, and uh, I hope you guys had a good Christmas this year. I, I, I don't know about you, but our Christmas was uh, uh, filled with a lot, of, uh, a lot of fun at times, a lot of laughter, some hitting, some crying, um, and then the kids did okay too. It was between me and my wife, and it was a good time. And so, um, but now that we're after that point where we're looking at 2019, what does 2019 look like? Just by a show of hands, how many of you have written out any resolutions here for 2019? Beautiful. Awesome. I saw one hand that was sheepishly going up. Like, I don't know if that was me, but I, how many of you made the resolution this year to not make any resolutions? Can I get a hand on that? Yeah, a few of you. So whatever it may be, most of us don't like resolutions. And here's the reason why. Resolutions never get fulfilled, do they not? I mean, some of them may, but 80% of all resolutions go unfulfilled. And um, we can write them out, we can think about them, we can go after them, and usually two weeks later, what happens? You've forgotten all about them, you're back to the way things were. And here's what resolutions do for me. Here's what the new year can do for me if I'm thinking about all the goals I want to accomplish. It can create some worry, it can create some anxiety in my heart. And, um, and if you're like me, you don't enjoy making New Year's resolutions, you just want to go after the next year and make it happen and, and, uh, and go after it. So here at Mercy Road, we're going to begin tonight a two-week series called New Year, New You, okay? And the big idea of that is that this is a new year, so what is a new you going to look like? And you can have all the resolutions that you want and make that part of your new year, new, new year, new you, but the big idea is a new you begins with a new life in Jesus Christ. And so throughout the next couple of weeks, tonight, tomorrow, and next weekend, we're going to unpack what it looks like to live in Christ this year and make him uh, the, the supreme leader of our lives for the next year. Okay, so here's the thing. Tonight, I want to tackle a subject that we all deal with, and that's the subject of worry. All right? And so here's the big idea. To have a new year in this new, if, to have a new you in this new year, you're going to have to have a life that says worry has to wait. So we all worry, do we not? We all have anxieties. We all have fears in life. Um, can we really go through life not worrying? I can remember the day I became a dad. Many of you remember the day that you became a parent. And that day that I became a dad was one of the most terrifying days of my life. My wife was a champ. She went through a lot. We went through a whole bunch of stuff to get that baby into the world. And when that baby came into the world, the nurse walked over to me, handed that precious little baby into my hands, and I looked at him into his little eyes, and I said, what have I gotten myself into? A worry and a fear that I've never felt before swept over me. And I, I can tell you what, I've, I've done a lot of missions trips in my life. I've stared down the face of evil. I've seen a lot of uh, crazy things in this world. But one thing that intimidated me this mo the most was this eight-pound, six-ounce baby boy 
Fear like I'd never felt before. Worry like I'd never felt before. Like, how am I going to take care of this kid? I can't barely take care of myself. How am I going to provide for him? I can barely provide for myself. You know, what if I drop him on his head? Uh, that, that happens, I think. And so, uh, you know, what if, he, what if he falls out of his crib at night or that sort of thing? And, and you can even ask my wife. I had some strange dreams. Like, I would jump out of the bed, and I would be looking at, underneath the bed, looking for our baby, thinking that it fell off and rolled underneath our bed and weird stuff. So worry can do some crazy damage to it. And it all happened. Everything came to the surface because of this little boy. So no matter where you're at in life, no matter the circumstances or the challenges that you face today, you may have some really strong things that are facing your life tonight. Worry can take a hold. But here's what I want you to know, and you'll see it on your screen. Your worry can wait. Okay? That's what I want to unpack tonight, is that your worry can wait in 2019. You don't have to be a person full of worry, person, person full of fear, but you can be a person full of faith, full of peace. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6 how, that, how to put your worry on hold. We find it in verse 24. He starts out by saying, no one can serve two masters, for you'll hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So here's the point of that verse. Your worry can wait when you shift your devotion. See, Jesus here, he's saying that the thing that you're most devoted to is the thing that you're going to worry about the most. The thing that you're most devoted to is the thing that's going to preoccupy your thoughts. What if, here in 2019, you, myself, we as a church, we shifted our devotion. Isn't it interesting that Jesus launches this discussion and it's about money? The number one worry that most of us have, most Americans have, is the worry about money. How much, how much am I going to make this year? Am I going to have enough to pay the bills? Am I going to have enough to send the kids to, to, to college? Am I going to have enough to put braces on them? Am I going to have enough to retire this year? It can consume us. But the Bible says here you cannot serve two masters. See, you're going to be devoted to one and not the other. You're going to love one and not the other. And Jesus simply saying, you can't be devoted to me and be worried about your job be worried about your kids, be worried about your family, be worried about your finances, be worried about your hobbies, whatever it may be, you can't be devoted to both. If we're devoted to Jesus first, then everything else in life will fall into place. See, it's like a pebble. When you throw a pebble out into the pond and it splashes, what happens? It causes a ripple effect, right? When worry is the center of, of your focus, the ripple effect uh, can bring out anxieties, can bring out fear, can make you a miserable person. You know what it's like when you're worried, when you're full of fear, right? You know what it's like. You know that people don't want to be around you. The same is true with Jesus. If you make him the center of your devotion, he's like that pebble in the middle. The ripple effect is amazing. And it will affect every area of your life. You'll have peace. You'll have joy. You'll have life. You'll be easier to get along with. Jesus goes in verse 25. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. See, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? So here you go. If 
A diet is your New Year's resolution. Jesus already has it covered here, does he not? He says, don't worry about what you're going to eat. If it's going to be Atkins, if it's going to be keto, if it's going to be paleo, or what it's going to be, or what you're going to drink. Is it going to be shakes? Is it going to be smoothies? Or is it going to be water only? Don't worry about what you'll wear. Don't worry about getting into that lower size. But here's the bigger picture. That's not really what Jesus was talking about. Here's the bigger picture. The reality of the verse is don't be worried about your life. What's life all about? Isn't it more than just stuff? See, Jesus' audience, they were, they were worried about what to eat, what they were going to drink, what they were going to wear. That was a very real worry in that day and time. See, see they lived hand to mouth. They kind of worked day to day to get enough money to buy food. And this was the audience that Jesus is talking about. Every day was a new day to try to find food and drink for themselves and their family. They couldn't just go to the local McDonald's or, or Burger King or wherever it is that you guys go to. They had to work hard for it, and sometimes they didn't even have enough money to buy those things. So Jesus' audience were identified with what he was saying. It was a very real worry in their life. And see, church, we can have some intense situations in our life, but for most of us, we don't live hand-to-mouth lives. Now, I know that some of you may be in that situation, but understand this. The same is true if you're fully blessed and you got enough in your, in your cupboards and you got enough in your refrigerator and you don't have any want or any lack, or if you are living hand-to-mouth, the promise is true. Your worry can wait. See, Jesus was talking about your focus here. He's saying, don't be worried about the material stuff. Don't be worried about the junk of life, the temporal stuff. Don't be anxious about your future. Live with a focus on the present and be fully present right now. In 2019, we need to be people who are fully present right now. And here's how he brings that point home. It's in verse 26. You'll see it on your screen. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. Hey guys, he says this, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And the point of this verse is that we need a better focus. Look at the birds. They give us a wonderful example of carefree living. Have you ever seen a bird pacing back and forth in his nest wringing his wings, wondering how he's going to find the worms. Have you ever seen a bird uh, go to the doctor for depression? Have you ever seen a bird go to the doctor for ulcers? No, what, what do you see birds doing? Chirping and singing, sometimes really early in the morning, right outside of your bedroom window. And your only worry at that point is, how do I get rid of this bird? But they're not worried. They're carefree. And Jesus says, hey, guys, look up. Watch the birds. And if God takes care of them, won't he take care of you? Aren't you more important than those birds? And he goes on to verse 27. He says this, Can all your worries then do this? Add a single moment to your life. That's a great question for you and I to ask ourselves. Have you ever added a single hour to your life by worry? Can I get a show of hands of anybody that's added a single hour of life by worry? Yeah, beautiful. Okay, I, I thought so. 
And another version says, can you add any length to your, to your body? Can you grow any taller by worry? No. Worry does nothing but get you out of focus. It's been said that worry can be compared to a rocking chair. See, what do you do in a rocking chair? You can rock as much as you want to, back and forth, back and forth. But guess what? You guys won't get anywhere in a rocking chair, will you? Same thing with worry. It's just keeping you in limbo the whole time. So Jesus then drives the point home. In verse 28, he says this, And why worry about your clothing? Why worry about what you're going to wear? Why worry about where it's going to come from? Look at the lilies of the field. So it went up in the sky. Let's look at the birds. Now let's look down here. Look at the beautiful lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their own clothing. Yet Solomon, and he brings an Old Testament example in here, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Give you a little context of why he's using Solomon. King Solomon ruled during the golden age of Israel. At one point, he had so much stuff that the queen of Sheba came to see him and check this place out. She had heard about this King Solomon. She had heard about his wealth. She had heard about his stuff, and she showed up to see it. And when she came to see his kingdom, uh, she came with this great pomp and splendor. She brought her whole entourage with her and horns blowing. It's probably like being at like a Madonna concert or something like that. I don't know. And so um, they come out, and she, she shows up. And when she got there, she listened to Solomon's wisdom, and she was dumbfounded by how wise this man was. And then she saw the palace. And we read in the Old Testament that she was breathless. And she was in awe of all the stuff that made up Solomon's kingdom. Women, have you ever, have you ever, uh, maybe I should ask the guys this. Guys, have you, has your wife ever gotten a new pair of shoes that they are just in awe of wonder of? Or maybe they see another lady and they say, oh, look at those shoes. Oh, those are so beautiful. Or that necklace, oh, that necklace, that is so beautiful. Isn't that cute? That's so cute. Oh, I'm breathless. Thank you. It's my acting debut of today. So have you ever seen a lady do that? Yes, thank you. It's probably the same person that has a resolution that said that, yes. Okay. So here's this, is that King Solomon had all this stuff, and there was Queen Sheba. And when she got there, she was a queen, queen of a country, had an entourage, had everything you would ever want. And she showed up there, and she saw what he had, and she was like, oh, it's breathless. It takes my breath away. Now let's relate it back to what Jesus said. Jesus said that the lilies of the field are more beautiful than what King Solomon had. Here's the point, guys. You can know your worry can wait when you know your worth. See, what Jesus' point was, what he was getting to was about your worth, about who you were, who you are. You are image bearers, made in the image and the likeness of God himself. 
The lilies of the field are not made in the image of li- in likeness of God. The birds of the air are not made in the image of likeness of God. You, my friend, are made in the image and likeness of God. You're beautifully made. You're wonderfully made. And as a Christ follower, if you are a Christian, you are dearly loved, complete in Christ, accepted, approved, and fully pleasing to Jesus. Guys, that should be our focus. It's on seeing him and reflecting the image of our creator. Your worth is found in Jesus and not in stuff. Your worth will be dictated by what you focus on. So if you focus on the things of this world, if you're worried about the things of this world, if you're worried about how well you're dressed and how well your, your portfolio looks or what car you drive or what your, where you go out to eat, guess what? Your heart's going to be full of worry. It's going to be full of fear. It's going to be full of doubt. It's going to be full of anxiety. Your self-worth is going to be low because your self-worth is based on things that come and go. But guess what? Jesus never leaves. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he'll always be the same. And he'll always say, I love you because I made you in your mind. So don't be anxious about that stuff. Your status uh, about the amounts of likes you get on social media. And I may be talking to a younger audience with that. But if you raise your self-worth based on Who likes what you put on Facebook or on Instagram? Guess what? That's temple stuff. Don't let that stuff define you. Jesus Christ, he is the creator of of all things. Who made you? He defines your worth. Let me ask you a question. Are you more valuable than birds? Are you more valuable than grass? Here in Indiana, grass fades, does it not? It's only here for a season. The grass in your yard is probably nice and green for about two months. And then what does it look like? It looks like a barren wasteland. It's, it's brown and yuck. When we lived in Florida, grass never dies, but it's like blades of steel. And will cut you if you run in it. But Jesus is saying, you're more important than all that. You're more important than the creation that I created because you are a creation that's made in my image. How many of you have kids here? Anybody have kids, children, or really love nieces and nephews? Maybe you just have a pet that you just would die for, a dog that you would say, man, that's my everything. Now take that thing. Do you think that thing is more important than the grass of the field that the, that animal does its business on? Is it more important than the birds of the air that you don't really know their name, you don't know anything about them, but this thing is your prized possession. This person is made in your image, or this animal is something that you love very much. And think about it this way. God, who is perfect and is perfect love, looks at you, and he says this. You are more important. Your worth is far more greater than anything else. You are his image bearers made in his likeness, created on purpose and for a purpose. And then verse 30, he goes on to say this. Jesus continues to talk. And if God cares so, what's the word say? Wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly, everybody say certainly. He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little 
faith. Let me say this. Little faith brings big worries. And little worries are a result of big faith. Let me ask you this. Is your faith tank full tonight? Are you, or are you running on empty? See, the way that you react to situations, the way, the way that you react to the things of this world, the way that you act to uh, maybe that social media or that thing that you really wanted and it doesn't fall through and you, and you act kind of ugly about it, that's usually an indi- indicator that your faith tank is empty. So here's the point. Your worry can wait when your faith is full. Faith, quite simply, is trusting in God. Trusting that what he says is true. Trusting that God is who he says he is. And trust that God will do what he says he will do. That's faith. It's trust in the character of Jesus Christ. It's trust in the character of God. And so, guys, if you're dealing with worry tonight, you got to get to know the creator of the universe. If your heart is full of anxiety tonight, you got to get to know the creator of the universe. Because he's got a better plan for your life. you got to get to know his character, that he is everlasting. He's faithful. He's true. He's good. He's good to his word. And and I've heard it said many times before, if you feed your faith, you'll starve your doubts. How do you feed your faith? It comes by hearing God's word. The Bible tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing from God's word. So put it in your heart. Listen to it. Meditate on it. Think about it. And here's a promise or here's a stat, really, is that there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Did you guys know that? Over 7,000 promises. And the promises have a condition. The condition is you got to believe that it's true. God said it. Are you going to believe it? And so worry takes a back seat when you just read that word and you say, hey, God said this in the Bible. I'm going to believe it. I'm just going to trust him. I'm going to just walk out in this and just believe that God's going to take it. He's going to take control of it. You know, 2019 may be a big year for you. It may be a hard year coming up. You may be looking at some hard situations. 2019 here at Mercy Road is a big year in the life of this church. If you're new to Mercy Road, if you've never, uh, if you've never been here and you haven't heard the vision of 2019, it's to plant at least three more churches this next year in the city of Indianapolis. You saw Pastor Luke on stage. His team is, is coming together. We already have a building off of Michigan Road and 96th Street. They're going to launch as soon as they can. Uh, we have the Fishers Group that's wanting to launch out in Fishers. We also have a downtown area that's opening up for us. And I know there's some people anxious. I don't want to use that word anxious or worried, but they're, they're chomping at the bit to get down there. And so 2019 is a big year. It's a test of our faith. We're asking God for big stuff. We're asking God for big dollars to buy these buildings and get these plants going. And is there a place for us to worry as a church family that maybe God isn't really in this? Sure there is. But we just have to trust God and faith and believe that he's going to take care of what he's he's promised he's going to do. And so here's the thing, that over 7,000 promises in the Bible, and every one of them, this is what the Bible says, that Jesus says yes and amen to all those promises. He said yes And let it be so. So when you take him at his word and you say, God, I'm going to believe that this promise is for me and for my family, 
and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to pray this every day, I'm going to live this out in 2019, Jesus is right behind you. He's cheering you on. He's saying, yes, go for it. Let it be so. God the Father, let's make it happen for them. They're trusting in me. They're believing in me. So here's the deal. You just got to get to a place where you say either, God, your word is true, and it's going to work in my life, or your word is not true. It's not sufficient for my troubles And I'm going to find another way to deal with my worries. Sadly, we miss the benefits. We miss the blessings because our focus is on the wrong things. And our faith is built on the wrong things. Think about it. Your faith may be built on an erroneous view of who God is. Your faith may have been built on a relationship that you had. Your faith may have been built on your bank account. And those things come and go. But but if you change your focus from that into Jesus, it doesn't matter what comes and goes. The world is is sinking sand. And Jesus is the solid rock that you can stand on. And here's what he says in verse 31. So with all that said, everything that we just talked about, don't worry about these things. He's driving it home. He's been saying it over and over. Don't worry. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the grass of the field. Don't worry. I've got it taken care of. Don't worry. So don't worry about these things saying what, we, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? And look at verse 32. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Here's the point. Your worry can wait when you know God is your provider. See, how do you live right now? Jesus said your worry makes you look like an unbeliever. Do you believe in Jesus? You don't have to answer that because if you're not at that place in your life right now, It'd be really awkward if everybody else was like, yeah, and you're standing there sitting by them and like, no. But if you do believe in Jesus and you're acting like you don't believe in Jesus and you're letting those things dominate your mind, then Jesus is simply saying, when you are following the stuff of this world, you're actually living like an unbeliever. But here's the thing you need to be following. It's found in verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God, above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you what? What does it say on there? Everything, right? Everything you need. There's a contrast here between verse 33 and verse 32. Unbelievers run after the things. Believers run after Jesus. Unbelievers run after temporal things. Believers run after eternal things. Unbelievers follow the mindsets, the values, the beliefs, the behaviors of this world and the system of this world and things that are matter to, to the people of this world. But believers look after the things, the mindset, the values, the beliefs of the kingdom of God and what Jesus wants. And guys, let me say this. As a follower of Christ, your worry can wait. Verse 34 says this, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Guys, every day that you get up, 
there's enough trouble for that day. Is, can I get a witness on that? Every day that you focus on that day, you're, you know you're going to encounter situations. You don't need to worry about it. Cast that care onto Jesus. So I'm going to ask you this question. You answer it in your heart. Can you, by worrying today, bring certainty to your tomorrow? I'll, I'll ask it again. Can you, and maybe you should ask yourself this question. Can you, by worrying today, bring certainty to your tomorrow? What if you believe that? What if you truly believe that God knows what you need and he'll take care of you? And let me ask this. Why not believe that? You may say it's absurd. Not sure it's going to work. Not sure God is going to come through for me. But if you choose to not place your trust in your Heavenly Father, then essentially you're saying, I'm going to trust in worry. And worry for tomorrow will rob you of the peace that could be yours today. Worry will rob you of your peace. And here's the peace that we have. It comes from the Prince of Peace. It's found in John 14, 27. The peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be full of worry, full of fear, full of anxiety. Neither let them be afraid. So going into 2019, you may have some worries. You may be looking at some major concerns in your life. I don't know what it is for you, but I know one thing, that Jesus is in control. And I know this, that whatever you're facing, your worry can wait. And God's got this. Let me pray for you. Father, we're thankful that you are God of all, that you're in control of every season of life, every situation of life, that I'm so thankful, God, that I get to be here with my friends tonight and uh, just share in the promises that you've made over us as your children, as dearly loved, accepted, fully pleasing children of yours. You say to us, don't worry, don't fear. So I pray, God, whatever that is, that we would hand that to you tonight in faith, saying, God, you know, I'm worried, sick, sick about it with worry. Maybe it is your marriage tonight. Maybe you just don't know if your marriage is going to last. Give that to God tonight. Give that to Jesus tonight. Maybe it's your finances. You're looking at bankruptcy or you're looking at some major issues. Why not just trust Jesus with that? Hand that over to him tonight. Just say, my worry is going to wait. I'm going to trust you. God, you got this. I'm going to give this to you. Maybe it's your health. I know in a room this size, there's probably some people here that have some serious health concerns. And 2019 may be your last year unless God intervenes. Why worry about it? Give that to Jesus. Whatever it is, I pray, God, that you would lift that burden from us. Help us to make 2019 a year that we focus on you, that it is a new year 
and a new you in you, Jesus. Pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.